A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode where today we're continuing the mini-series, the mini-series of four around developing world game changers and you may remember from the first one we had a gentleman by the name of Punit Bhartia to help us along with the dance. So Punit, a very warm welcome to you again sir. Thank you so much Paul for having me and I'm looking forward to it. So, developing world game changes. I mean, I don't know about you, Punit, but every time this, this, this word, these words, world game changes is mentioned, people's eyes light up. They say it's a fantastic label, title, call it what you will, but it's massive. So how do you even begin to start to develop, you know, to develop a world game? Where, where it, there's so many things, surely, that we could do around so-called developing a world game changer. Where do we start on it? That's an interesting question. And there are many ways in which you can get there, but I share my perspective. Because what happens is when you think about being a game changer or think about realizing your potential, most people, what they would do is they would go to a self-help guru or a positive thinker and say, now I need to start thinking positive or I have this goal, I need to realize this. And usually that goal would be materialistic goal, X amount of money, X number of houses or a large house, uh, then uh, a family and things like that. But it's always in the materialistic world. While you can chase it and then hire a coach or something, but you will not get there because when you get there, you'll find a lot of emptiness or loneliness. So the way it works for me is, or the way I see it working is it works in four steps. The first and foremost is awareness, self-awareness. You need to be aware of who you are, what your values are, what your emotions are, what triggers you, what your patterns are, what your habits are and which habits you have. And then you need to start a little bit reflecting on, so the state where you want to be. So going from point A to point B. So if you know you are in point A and you want an identity of point B, you need to carve out a plan. But in that plan, you first understand who you are, what your strengths are. And as you become self-aware, then it's a question of managing yourself so that you can be in point B. As Jim Ron says, it's not about getting a million dollars. It's about what you become when you have a million dollars. So it's the process of becoming so in that, you need to manage, if I have to be a millionaire, a person with a big house, a person with this and that, then you start to manage yourself, manage your emotions, manage your feelings, manage your behaviors, manage your thinking. And then once you have started to manage it, initially, as we call it in the learning curve, it's about getting from unconscious incompetence to conscious competence. And as you are in there, you continue to do that. And then you are moving towards what is called 
unconscious competence and as you move toward that you are actually moving to something called self mastery you started with self awareness then self management and self mastery wherein things are happening automatically and when they are happening automatically the question becomes is this materialistic thing i am after am i going to be a world changer after i have a large house x amount of money or whatever i want to achieve and when that question comes in you are going to ask yourself am i chasing or am i am i chasing a dream or am i living a dream because success is not about achieving those things success is about realizing that the journey towards that achievement is the real success and your self worth is not dependent on your net worth or what the other world is saying your net worth your self worth all is determined inside of you and as you look at that then the question becomes how do i fulfill myself and then comes the concept of self actualization so you moved from self awareness to self actualization and now you do have materialistic goals but you are enjoying the process of achieving those or maybe not of achieving those and you have gone through the entire transformation and then you are becoming a world game changer because you are no longer interested in just your materialistic gains you are also interested in making an impact so if you observe most rich people or most superstars in sports they would start with saying i want to become the number one player take any sport or rich people will say i want to have i want to be a millionaire billionaire whatever be it and when they have achieved that when they are on that journey at a certain point they will say hey i need to do something for the world then some start with philanthropy some with other means but they start contributing to the larger goal and then it's the purpose it's the actualization for themselves so they don't see them as a tennis player as a businessman as a cricketer as a footballer then the purpose is i want to impact the world the football the tennis the business allows me to leverage money and put it into other dimensions and then i'm contributing to the world and that's mm. the journey people go through and that's how you become a game changer but it's not an overnight journey it takes years decades but you need to start with self awareness and some goals which are materialistic mm. just listening to that uh, what you said there upon it reminded me of something that i come across i think the guy's name was robertson um anyway but it was something along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing now the object of a business is not to make money the object of a business is to serve its customers well the result is to make money and that was kind of parallel to what you just said there isn't it you you know you go out there and you do these things and as a result you know other things come to you rather than focusing on let's single out money for example or you know or a, a new relationship a, a beautiful wife and and all these things are okay more than okay because uh, why shouldn't we enjoy our successes but then it's about passing on that that um, that energy those lessons and that that positivity that warmth that love isn't it to say and that kind of brings in listeners my own personal three values so i really love what punit said there 
because my own personal three values, and they stand up on a mountaintop, high, high, high above anything else, and that is learning, loving, and legacy. Any thoughts around that, Punit? That's very interesting. Learning, loving, and legacy. That's wonderful words, Paul. I mean, these are your values, but what I would say is, relating back to your values and the other thing, when we set goals and when we aspire to do things, there are three levels of it. Typically, what do you want to have? What do you want to do? And what do you want to be? And when you take the example of business, people are, I want to have X number of money or X number of euros. But behind it, the question is, what do you do? And then the more important question is, what do you become when you have this amount of money? So that's exactly, so you will learn, you will love, but what will you leave? Mm. And that's the legacy part of it. Yeah. So typically people would set B goal, uh, have goals and then work out some do goals or some of the people would say, start with do goals and work towards have goals, either of the combination, usually with a have objective. But what people usually miss out or most of us miss out, not only people, we as well miss out on a regular basis is what do I want to be? What do I want to become? Yes, because we can get uh, we can get trapped, can't we? In this, um, well, I've got a million pounds in the bank, and then the you know the figure on paper, the amount in the bank, actually becomes who we are. We lose sight of ourselves, and you know I've certainly witnessed that in a in a lot of people being involved in um, you know uh, in professional sport where they lose they actually lose sadly their, their identity. And they become all consumed by this, who they think they are. They're self-important, kind of brings in the old, our friend, the ego here. And I think that's very sad rather than, you know, as you say, the self-actualization going to the other end and coming through the process and realizing that actually success is good. And money's, you know, to bring in the, some of the cliches, listener around money, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money's a medium. It's, you know, it's a coin, it's a piece of paper, it's an energy. It only has the meaning that we choose to give it. But I think it's fair to say upon it that, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't want to come across as judgmental on this, but maybe some people give it far too much time and respect. Just a thought. I think you said it right. It's about the meaning we give to things. Money is important. So is having goals, so is having emotions, and so is having relations, and so is achieving materialistic things. But is it all about that thing or is it about other things? If money is driving you to do crazy stuff, is driving you to kind of bypass your values, then it's a source of evil or root of evil. But if it's driving you to do a lot of good, to yourself, to your family, and of course, to the world, then it's serving a purpose. So it's about identifying what meaning you give to each of these things, whether it's money, whether it's materialistic things, or and how are you going to leverage, how are you going to use those to serve a greater purpose than yourself? Mm. I suppose it brings into quote Simon Sinek, the big why. Why are you doing this? What's the motive? behind it. I mean, I, some years ago, many decades ago, Pony, uh, 
um, a priest actually said to me, it was in an almost innocuous conversation, and he says, it doesn't matter what you do, the act is irrelevant, but it's the motive behind it that really matters. Any thoughts on that statement? Yeah, that's an interesting statement, and it's also challenging. And I have both a contrarian view and a pro view about it. I mean, it's good to know your why. It's good to understand why you are doing it. It's good to have a purpose. It's good to have a mission. And I understand all that. But somebody starting a journey, they may not have that why cleared out. So the question becomes on a contrarian side, is that why, is that purpose, is that mission so important that I cannot start? So you need to strike the right balance not get stuck in, I don't know my why, I don't know my purpose, I don't know my mission. Start where you are. And when you start from there, on the way you will find the purpose, on the way you will find your mission, on the way you'll find your why. But you need to do something to find something. Because sitting and saying, I don't know my why, I don't know my purpose, I don't know what I should do. And then reading Simon Sinek or any other book, Finding Purpose, Finding Why, would make it difficult. And that's the reason I had not included the why I had talked about the self-awareness. That is, who are you? What drives you? Like you mentioned, your three values are legacy, love, and uh, what was the third one? Learning, learning, learning so, loving, and legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, trying to frame it the other way because you wouldn't have come with the idea of legacy at the probably, I mean, unless... I mean, most people will not find it at the age of 18 or 20 or 25 or 30. That usually comes later. But you would know that legacy, learning and loving are there when you have been through the journey. Earlier on, it may be loving. It may be learning. It may be legacy has a very different meaning. So those things evolve over a time rather than they being ready to use. So the challenge I find with Simon Sinek approach is the why is important and I'm not denying it, but if you get stuck with it, then it's serving you. It's not serving you, rather it's being counterproductive. So you need to be knowing that everything is important, everything will come, but at its own time. But till then, you don't stop thinking, believing and acting because you don't know your why, because you don't know. Because actualization is a last step rather than the first step. The why would become more clearer more crystallized and more specific as you move along. I mean, if you look at any of the uh, famous people, I mean, Bill Gates, when he started Microsoft, he wouldn't have the why of, uh, I want to serve the world. Or uh, my uh, Apple, I mean, Steve Jobs wouldn't have started with, I want to help the world and create the best products. Maybe his starting was about a computer and then it came in with the technology, let me build an iPhone. So things evolve and you need to give yourself time and even if you look at it, Elon Musk, when he started the PayPal, he wouldn't be thinking of making spaceships or contributing to humanity and saying, if something happens on Earth, I want to take people to another planet. And same for uh, Richard Branson. I mean, when you start, you have a why, you have a reason, and that may be materialistic, that may be short-term oriented. But eventually, as you go through the journey, you realize, you evolve, you transform, and you transcend into greater boundaries. Mm, that's very interesting, Punit, to listen to that. 
if uh, listeners, I can just be allowed to share my own take upon that. And as Punnett alluded to, I suppose people, you know, when, when, I, when I was a kid, I heard people like doctors and nurses and teachers said, I found my vocation. This is my calling. This is what I'm on, put on this earth to do. And I think that's fantastic. And I think over the years, that's been diluted quite a lot. Um, but I still believe that people are called to do those immensely, immensely much needed um, roles in, in society. But for me, Punit, that um, awareness in a way at an age where I had neither the intellectual or the emotional capacity or intelligence to understand what was happening. But at the age of 13 and a half on the back of a failed suicide attempt, I knew that my what I now frame um, as Dr. Stephen Covey's ninth habit, leave the world a better place. Something happened on that fateful night of the 23rd of March, 1974, that made me realize, and as I say, I've refined the words over the years, but that knowing inside, that deep feeling in a way that, as I say, in my head, I couldn't understand what was going on. I was a child. I was very confused. I was very hurt. I was very mixed up. But I knew something inside said, Paul, you are here to contribute to the world and try and make it a better place. And that was, you know, that was what, nearly nearly 50 years ago, Bonnet. So I just throw that in to, you know, maybe that's, I wouldn't say unique, but that kind of approach is probably in the minority, would you say? I mean, I wouldn't classify it being in minority or being a common thing. Rather, I would say, whatever you know, start with it. And as you start with it, you'll find more and attach more and eventually get there. Because as you go through the journey of life, you will add on, you will improve and you will evolve into a different being. And if you know you want to contribute to the world, all the more better. But if you don't know, let it be, I want to be this, I want to be this. But on the way, remain aware of who you are, what your values are, what drives you, what triggers your behaviors, what patterns you have, what rituals you have, and where do you actually deviate from your values? What triggers you to deviate and what keeps you on those values and what gives you happiness? And as you start monitoring, as you start observing, and as you start managing based on those observations, you will get to your why. So, if you know it, it's good. But if you don't know it, then also it is good because it's for a reason. Because nothing happens without a reason. Mm. And I think, you know, whether we know it or not, and yet again, if I can be allowed to frame this in my own context, I'm still not sure on an intellectual level. And, and you know, listeners, I'm really, really pleased that I'm not sure because that's that voyage of discovery, of self-improvement, of, 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 you know, whatever that that is that thing whatever that thing is and that's fine because it's unfolding the way it should and from an ego point of view then i mean this certainly happened in the earlier days when i was you know contributing with very whether it was money or initiatives or whatever you know the ego was having a, a real field day look at me aren't i significant aren't i the big one and then i think as yeah. time goes by you realize well actually no you're but an instrument in the process and it's surrendering to that, isn't it? And saying, you know, that that is for me then, Pony, when it does become a vocation and a calling um, and just saying, okay, 
you know, guide me to where I need to be. I will do what I need to do with whom, when, what, how. Yes, there may be a flare up from the ego every now and again, thinking, well, I don't really agree with that, or I don't actually like him or her. I can't work with him or her. But that kind of, it's like snow. It just melts away in time, doesn't it? Yeah. I think the way it works is on the way you will have discourse, on the way you will have challenges, on the way you will also have issues. Is it my calling? Is it not my calling? Do I know my calling? And also doubts. Now we can label them as fears. We can label them as uncertainty. We can label them as anything. But the challenge in life or the essence in life is not to worry about, not to spend energy on those doubts, those fears, those concerns, those issues, but to move on in spite of or despite of those concerns, those issues and those fears. And then when you do it, you start to find solutions. Because if I keep sitting and keep thinking that I will start when I have the why, the purpose, the mission, and clarity on that it is certainly my why and I have no noise within me. Well, uh, I think you can wait for eternity. There would always be voice. The only question is, if you say, I don't have any voice, and I'm glad you say it very transparently that you have sometimes, is this it? Because that's human. That means we are alive. Because if it's only one voice, one certainty, then uh, there's no human aspect of it. And then uh, you rightly phrase it, then it's in the direction of ego. Mm. And I think that reinforces a point, listeners here, that, you know, when we talk, when we sort of frame this and go right back to, you know, developing world game changes, because that is the essence and the focus of what Punit and I are talking about. You know, how can we as, as individuals with all our vulnerability, and that's fine, or our so-called perceived judgment of weaknesses, and that's fine, because we're human beings. And isn't it true, listeners, that we really give ourselves a hard time? We really give up. If we make mistakes, we beat ourselves up. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Well, it's an experience. And like a cloud in the sky, it will pass. What we do is we take the learning from it and we move on. And we do that with loving. And then by doing that, we've got something to leave to the world, which is the legacy. So there's this whole thing around this humanness, isn't there? on it around you know people say Paul you have some great chats with people that really know their stuff but I you know that's not me I'm not rich I'm not famous well whether you're rich or famous is actually totally irrelevant so what's that real distilled nugget on it that you know that that we pass on to listeners is it to trust that intuition is it to just dive in and and start somewhere you know to quote somebody that you and I know with one of his best-selling books, start now, get perfect later. Although I'm immensely, you know, I don't like that concept of get perfect. I think it's taking us down a rabbit hole. So where do we start in very, is it trusting that gut instinct, you know, just diving in upon it? What is it as, you know, inverted commas, normal, ordinary people that we do to get us started? It's a very profound question. And I can give you a lot of answers, but I'll give you one that comes to my mind spontaneously. I think act in spite of, despite of fear, act in spite of, despite of unclarity, act 
in spite of doubt and act irrespective of whatever is going on in your mind and act irrespective of whatever is in front of you because rather than trying to create act on what the opportunity is in front of you in the moment because then you are realizing the power of now that is what is available now because if you stay in the context of i will act when 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 then you are training your mind to wait wait and wait and you are triggering another behavioral pattern in which the wait or the observation becomes powerful while you need to be in the other cycle of acting and when you are in that the energy will flow and will guide you will inspire you towards the larger things but if you keep waiting keep thinking it will not work that's why i say think believe act but the most important in even in the abc for life i say is action start with action even thinking is an action if you believe i don't know okay set yourself a timer put 30 minutes 45 minutes 25 minutes there are various techniques like pomodoro we talk about or 45 minute thinking whatever set aside but think on paper think does not mean sit and be idle think means making notes writing and that's why i call it action so act whatever it is if your doubt is what do i need to do write down if you the question is what do i need to become write down so take action that's the single most important thing that somebody can start act upon awareness act upon doing act upon your goals act upon whatever you can and you rightly said start now i won't put the second uh, part of it because start now and you'll find your way hmm i just had a humorous thought there Punit, listeners, when Punit and I were speaking in a previous episode, we spoke about why we we frame things. We use acronyms, you know. Uh, we use models, you know. Punit's um, ABC model, you know, the um, the the joy of life. And I, my very first pod, first podcast was mastering the game of life is as simple as ABC. So we make these mental constructs. So as he was talking there, Punit. um i come up with one just i don't know where it come from creativity and it was i think it's a top tip so what do i mean by that listeners a top tip well let's look at the acronym top top and i love what you said on it think on paper top think on paper because bringing in a music because i'm very passionate about music there was a moody blues hit from the was it late 60s nights in white satin and part of those lyrics was letters i've written never meaning to send and for me that was immensely powerful to think okay i've got these emotions i've got these thoughts it could be love it could be it could be anger but dump it on paper and there's something to be said about that to pun it isn't there you know collecting your thoughts your emotions and putting them on paper and i love what you said think on paper that's why i called it a top tip that's so fascinating paul it's a uh, think on paper is something which i learned from brian tracy when i was being coached by him and he always used to say put it on paper if it's not on paper it does not exist it's only in your mind and it will go away but when it's on paper it's concrete it's consistent and it has tendency to become reality so top or think on paper i completely follow it Mm, lovely <laughs> brilliant okay so um, 
a fascinating conversation, Punit, as always. Listeners, I hope you've kind of, you know, you've enjoyed it and certainly got one or two nuggets out of it. Um, Punit, I just want to invite you in, as as is our way at the close of um, of, the, of a conversation like this, to uh, say share your contact details. So anyone who wants to get in touch with me, the best way is to Google me and connect with me on any social media, but my most preferred platform is LinkedIn. So you search my name, Punit, P-U-N-I-T, Bhatia, B-H-A-T-I-A on LinkedIn. And if you find a little bit of challenge in finding me, add the word privacy along with it, because that's something I advocate on. So data privacy, I mean, in the corporate world. And if you find that, then you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And of course, you can always contact Paul. <laughs> Super, thank you, Bonnie. So, well, any last, uh, well, talking about top tips, closing on that, Bonnie, any sort of top tip to leave with our listeners by way of um, ending the episode? I think uh, let's recap the, because I talked about a lot of self and a lot of awareness management. So let's recap into four blocks. We are talking about 4S model. Self-awareness, self-mastery, self, oh, sorry, self-awareness, self-management, self-mastery, and then self-actualization. Because if you're working on this journey, you can always check in on you, where you are. Are you in the awareness phase? Are you in the management phase, mastery phase, or actualization phase? And be aware you're not in one of them usually at a certain point in time, you will be in all four of them. On some points, you will be in actualization state and some points you'll be still observing. So being aware, sometimes still managing and improving and sometimes being a master of some skills, but that will be your intention, your aspiration towards perfection, which you will never achieve usually, but you will strive for. So there we have it, listeners. I think it's very appropriate and very timely just to now bring things to a close by using the first of uh, Punnett's first, uh, the first of Punnett's four elements there, the self-awareness. And I reinforce that by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?